Hello, and welcome to Disciples Quest Podcast. My name is Emily. I'm Will. And I'm Justin. Today, we are talking about Philippians 2. Uh, before we begin, how was your week, Justin? My week was good. Um, I felt great. Uh, I felt very alert this week. I actually am starting to finally figure out my sleep schedule again. Uh, because I'm doing this new thing called responsibility. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty new to me. So, you know, I'm doing this thing called not watching Netflix till 2 a.m. And I'm getting proper sleep. So it's really affected my day in a positive way. Working hard. Uh, our store is getting a lot of thieves lately, hmm. which makes my days entertaining. I'll definitely share those stories someday on this podcast, maybe. <laughs> um, but other than that, it was a pretty fine week. Yeah. And I uh, feel great. My dog got a haircut. He's looking cute. Aw. Sebu. Yep. His name is Sebu. For those that know VeggieTales, you might know that reference to the Silly Songs with Larry. Yeah. He's also 17. And how many hours of sleep are you getting then for it to actually I'm getting be seven to eight. And it Ooh. seems to be like the perfect number for me, which I think it is for most people my age, around seven hours. Mm-hmm. I used to get four to five a week or four to five a night, four to five hours. And I would drag my feet for the first two hours of the day and then I would be fine. And I felt that that's not exactly fair to my um my superiors if i'm not being productive for an hour um feels like i'm kind of cheating them and it's because of me right like i shouldn't be doing that i should be trying to be as productive as possible i think just shows that i'm just representing christ in the best way i can by being as productive as i can so yeah uh than that it was good oh sure how about you will what did I do this week, Emily? <laughs> well, this again. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm kidding when I asked you that question, but not kidding that I can't remember. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I worked, of course, and I did a lot of. Um, we did quite a bit of wedding planning this week. Got a bunch of stuff figured out. Invitations. So, yeah, things are slowly coming together. Did more coding for uh, for work. Uh, kind of find out I might not be able to use it. So that's kind of annoying, but I, I'm, you know, it is what it is. So things come up. I don't want to get too into it, but um, yeah, there's that. So this week I'll be looking forward to now that I'm done, uh, done working so hard on stuff for work. Uh, looking forward to doing other things, which I guess like I'll, hanging out with friends and family. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> just maybe though he might just be a loner the entire week. We we'll see. Might pull a Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hung out like uh, Pastor Tim posted an event on Facebook, and we had this like big event that happened Friday where a bunch of people came to Christian Fellowship Chapel. That was pretty fun. Why was it fun? What did you guys do there? Honestly, just shot pool and talked. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of other people doing a bunch of other things, like board games and stuff. But like, I just we just played pool and talked. Me and a couple other guys. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds really chill. Had decaf coffee. <laughs> Yum. Yum. You're starting to get used to drinking decaf at nighttime, eh? Yeah, decaf coffee. I'm starting to get used to it because I like the taste of coffee. The sound of decaf coffee, it sounds so pointless. That's like, hey, want to have some sodium-free salt? I know, Actually, that's impossible. But I, you I, know I, what I mean. I do get what you're saying. <laughs> some unsalted salt. But do you salt. like the flavor of coffee? Yeah. So then, um, and you don't want the caffeine at nighttime. It, it kind of makes sense. It does make sense. I just think like the only times I've ever had coffee is for caffeine. I'm not just like, That's I'm only fair. going to be drinking it because I like <laughs> the taste. Yeah, I don't drink coffee at all, so. Hey, Emily, how was your week? 
My week was good. Um, I sang in a choir on Easter Sunday, which was this past Sunday. And uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. I also sang, I went to two churches, so I sang on the worship team at one of them and in the choir on the other one. So that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And we, me and William, we went to our pastor's place, the one that's marrying us for the wedding. And that was pretty fun. We got to talk with him and his wife and we're going to be going premarital counseling starting soon. So lots of stuff coming together and it's lots of fun. That's right. We did do stuff. We, yeah, we always it do stuff. It sounds like the same William. as last episode. Yeah, we're like, I, you're like, I don't know what we did, and then Emily tells you, you're like, oh, that's right, we did do that. I, I found out that Pastor Randy's favorite ice cream is maple walnut. Yeah, Dude, that's maple a good walnut. choice. We maple had it walnut with is apple top five crumble. For me. And yesterday, I presented at youth group because I'm a leader at my church's youth group. So that was fun getting to see the teens really discuss what it means to pray and why we pray. Um, and today, Will and I went to his mom's place, and his mom sells makeup and beauty products. Um, so I've been buying some stuff from the company that she sells for, and for the wedding, like she gave me samples to try, and it, yeah, things are just coming together in different ways. Awesome. <laughs> All right, I guess we can get into the Bible study for today, and we yeah. are going to be starting Philippians chapter two. I guess I will start the reading, and I am reading from. The New King James Version today. Ooh. Yeah, throwback. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and having coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I just like saying amen. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's, there's a lot in mm-hmm. here that I'd love to unpack with you guys. A little bit towards the end that I think is actually very complex that Mm -hmm. I don't know if I will fully understand quite yet, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I want to talk about this first verse or two. So the first part here, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Hmm. I don't know what your guys' translations say, but... It's almost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how he's going back to the idea of community and being united. It's the same concept that he talked about a lot in Ephesians as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from what I can tell, what Paul's trying to say here is fulfill my joy by being this and that. Mm-hmm. So what I see him saying is he's saying what would bring him joy, Paul, what would bring him ultimate happiness is for us to think the same way as Christ. 
but it doesn't, it's not just about thinking. It also says having the same love. So to also love like him. So, but, and then it even says if there's any consolation in Christ, another word for consolation can be like encouragement, Mm -hmm. I guess. So if there's anything that's encouraging to know any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, the thing that should bring you like it brought Paul ultimate joy and satisfaction is to be exactly like Christ is to think like him is to act like him and is to love like him. I think that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important to be joyful that we have a community of believers with us and that well, hopefully we're all striving to be like Christ. So then if we're doing that, we actually kind of mesh in that way. Like we are united. We are one. And it's such an amazing like support that you have, that you have all these other people around the world that believe the same things that you do and that we can act as one because God is our head. William, anything on the first verse or two? What would that look like, us having the same love, Justin? <laughs> What I can think of is, well, I mean, Jesus' two greatest commandments were to love your neighbor as yourself and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that is one aspect of it. And another one that I think is pretty powerful that I think that we should really strive towards is that we're also commanded to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. Mm-hmm. So that one is pretty difficult to do. So is this just a commandment for us to... You guys all need to love. Well, I think it's deeper than that because it's it's not just to love, but it also says to be like-minded. And have the same... To, so that means to think the same way. Right. So it's, it's not even just, well, let's let's try to, you know, pray for people and, and all that stuff. But it's also like, think like him. Well, how do you think like mm-hmm. God? Well, I think that's one of those things where it's a little bit corny, but... You can literally do like the, what would Jesus do? Like you're in a scenario in life where you're, maybe you're at a conflict and you're like, well, what should I do? Should I, should I go for what I think is right here? Well, try to, try to imagine Christ in your scenario. Try to think of maybe stories in the Bible you had heard and that remind you of the scenario you're in. I'm like, well, how did Christ handle this? Let me, let me think about how he did it. Mm -hmm. I think that's, so that's the thinking like him, I believe is to, yeah, to think the same way as him, but also Mm -hmm. to love like him. So I mean, Christ was loving people that no one else would. He would love the tax collector. He would love the Samaritan. He would love the person that had multiple husbands. But in our scenarios, it might be something like, well, loving a coworker that doesn't show any love to you. He does seem to put pressure on uh, unity here, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just you guys need to aim for the highest... Um, optimal good or something like that. you guys it's not that you guys need to just be really good christians and try to understand the bible as well as you can and all those things are important but also do all those things but also be united be like-minded be the same and i wonder so is he is that a commandment to church is it more important for a church to be like-minded and be the same than it is for them to scatter apart with their different ideas and theologies no, that can't be it. Because then, uh, if that were to be the case, then we wouldn't be experimenting so, with new ideas. We'd become stagnant and then go into the wrong ideas if we weren't holding each other accountable and experimenting with new ideas. So this yeah. must be just a uh, a warning of what could happen in case churches become too 
scattered in their theology, I guess, like two different, the church members. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, there's obviously going to always be differences in the church and differences in theology and everything like that. But there is one thing that unites us, and it's the Spirit. So I think this is telling us that we are all to be united in the Spirit, and we are to, the, the love that Christ had that is different than other forms of love is that it was sacrificial. So Christ gave his life for us. He died on the cross to save humanity. So... I think he's also, it's not just a suggestion to love like Christ. This is a commandment to have the same love. We, this is something we have to do as Christians. We have to show that mm-hmm. sacrificial love that Christ did as well. And that's not easy to do. Um, but we are to think like him. We are to love like him. And it's, it is deeper than just, yeah, I, I think it's deeper than just, oh, you know, show love towards others. But it's, it's showing that sacrificial love that Christ did on the cross and to unite in the spirit is what I think is a good exp- explanation of being like-minded that, yeah, we have our differences, but there is one thing that does unite us and it's Christ's sacrifice, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. We're all united in that same spirit because it says common sharing in the spirit. We're called to have unconditional love for each other in the same way that God has for us. Even though it's kind of impossible, we should still try try to strive to love people as ourselves, right? Loving our neighbors. And that's a really big thing that is there to unite us as well. Because if we are united mm-hmm. in love, it's like the most powerful thing that we can be united in because God is love. Yeah, and that's something that's pretty important. Love, love your neighbors. Because obviously within the last decade, there's a big self-love movement which has some benefits to it because don't hate yourself. <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. But I think the biggest flaw in that is that I don't see that represent. I don't see the the ideology of self-love in the Bible. It doesn't seem to be apparent. It the has Bible, the benefit of Instagram. Yeah. But like and the Snapchat. Bible just seems to be talking about sacrificing your own desires and your own wants and needs for others. I mean, that's what Christ did. If Christ was just practicing self-love, I don't think he would have died on the cross Mm -hmm. because that wouldn't have been of his own interest. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. verse 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's big. Uh, Yeah, I wrote that down because so mine said lowliness. So I'm like, well, what is That's tough. So I asked my dad. I was like, dad, what does lowliness mean? And he (laughs) just said exactly it's humility. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's tough. That's uh, tough because, well, don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain mm-hmm. conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Well, don't you have to do some things, though, for selfish ambition? Like, how would you ever... Is it possible for you to rise to the top of a business if you weren't ambitious? Yeah, but it's not self... Like, to be selfish, I think, I mean, would just be all about you. If you're doing a business where you're trying to help people and doing it because you want people to benefit from what you're doing well, let's just I think say it's not fully you, selfish you start out way. and you're really ambitious ambitious or whatever in a company and you're at the top of that company and that can't really exist without ambition so uh, but you said there's a difference between being ambitious out of humility and being ambitious yes mm-hmm. so i think it has to do with your mindset yes. i think it's what are your intentions behind it because if you're saying well my intentions for let's use your example of you know being a ceo of a company 
my my ambition or my reasoning for why I'm doing this is so I can fill my pockets as much as possible. And maybe it's also to, to help people along the way. But at the end of the day, that's not my main concern. Or you could take the more humble approach and be like, you know what? I'm going to build this company, but I'm going to give God all the glory. And I'm going to put others' needs ahead of my own. Even if it means that maybe I sacrifice a bit financially, that is not what God called me to be. Mm-hmm. God called us to do let nothing be done through selfish ambition. So you can be very ambitious and rise to the top of a company for God. Yes. Of course. And I you think. can use profits from that company to give to other people as well. It's not just money for you. You can give more to charity that way and help more people if you have more money mm-hmm. in that sense. And I, it, it, it is hard to do, but I mean, there are, there are certain people in my life where I, I look at them almost like, how do I explain it? I really look up to certain people when I see how humble they are and because it sees the flaws in my own mind of there are times where, yeah, there are probably weekly where I see I'm like, oh, that was, I only did that because that's what I wanted to do. That was kind of selfish of me. Uh, God called us to not do that. Mm -hmm. So verse four says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Mm -hmm. So, it looks like he is saying that you don't have to completely drop off any any thought into what your future looks like. I don't think he's saying that, you know, to be foolish with how you conduct yourself in your life. Yeah, because that would be the possible mistake that someone can make with this verse, right? Like if we only looked out for our own, if we didn't look out for any of our own self-interest, then we would die. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Wouldn't we not be able to get better if we only looked out for, we wouldn't be able to get better if we only looked out for other people's interests, right? So there, there has to be some self-interest. Yeah, I think he's just really addressing like in, a, in an abstract way. Um, don't do things for you. Do it for God. Mm-hmm. For other people. Yeah. The people around you. It makes me think about how there's that saying that's like joy, which means Jesus first, then others, then you. So J-O-Y. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah I mean, so I think what it, the theme of like verse... Is that going to be a quote that we have on a poster in a bathroom or something? No. I think it's well, I think for it our children. just the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that's where you need to be inspired. Most people have like their aha moments in the shower or, in, or on the I bus. I told or you that. Was that you? Yes. It's the bed, bath, bus model. So, one theme that I think I'm getting at with this uh, opening section here is that we are to remain humble and that we are to think about Christ first, kind of like what you said with the joy word. Um, so, Galatians 6, verse 14, it says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So he's saying that we are to remain humble. And there is one thing that we can brag about. It must be about Jesus and him alone. So yeah, so the the verse says, let each of you look out for not only his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Well, how do you look out for the interests of others? How does that look? Yeah. So I think you look out for people by having a mindset that other people matter too. It's not just about you. You pay attention to other people when they talk. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good Active place to start. listening. You pay attention to other people when they speak and that is how you will like get to know them. 
Um, yeah, you act interested, you pay attention, and that will eventually make you interested, mm-hmm. I guess. And so, and then like that way, when something actually does happen in their lives or whatever, like you will be caring for them, um, or at least you should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. But the only way, but yeah, that'd be where you start, right? Because the only way that you would know, um what's going on in their life is if you were genuinely interested mm-hmm. in their life. And then, uh, because if you're not genuinely interested in their life and you don't care and you just kind of space out whenever they start talking, uh, then they'll know that to a certain degree and then they won't talk about their life as much. Right. And you're right. And that is showing Christ's love because what that's doing is that's self-sacrifice. You're sacrificing time and effort to put this person ahead of yourself. And I think that is showing humility and it's showing that love that god wanted us to show yeah that's one point i wanted to bring up was about having sacrifice because i think we're called to have like a sacrificial love for people if we really want to have a like mind of jesus it's about sacrifice whether it's your time money energy like you're sacrificing things for people it's not about you it's about being selfless and that can be hard at first it might be it might start selfishly but if you continue trying to help people, eventually, I think you become more minded towards those people. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a really good point. I like that. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That is verse five. Yeah. So what does that mean? Same mindset. What does that look like? Like, what is that mindset? I have one note for this. I wrote... Christ is the ultimate example of selfless humility. Yes. So if we are to have the mind of Christ Jesus, we are to act out our lives according to how he did. Mm Kind of like how we said at the beginning of this chapter. So Christ never put himself first in any scenario. He was always putting someone else ahead of his own his own ideas to the point to where it got him killed. Like he never thought of himself first ever. If it sacrificed friends, if it sacrificed probably food, like he probably lost sleep. He always put others ahead of himself. And that is what I'm, when I'm talking about when I say selfless humility is that he was always selfless. Now we're perfect. We're not, we're perfect. We're humans. We're imperfect. We're, we're not going to be able to always be selfless, but we are to strive towards that. And we have to, we have to actually try to do that. We can't just say it one day and then not think about it. We actually have to consciously put that on our heads as much as possible to be selfless and sacrifice our own comfort mm-hmm. for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus was so compassionate and other person centered. Like he really valued the people that he had with him and those who were high up and those who were lowly in society. Like it didn't matter to him who someone was, he cared about them. Yeah, and maybe that's what when he says be like Christ, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it, I think. And uh not to beat the dead horse, but yeah, it's important to be like Christ in every situation. Like he He's definitely said this like plenty of times at this point. Uh, and here he's talking about in your relationships. I guess that's because 
that'll also cause our relationships to flourish that much more. And it'll make the church be of one mind. Like if in our relationship as Christians, we're like Christ and that'll make it like, that'll make the churches be of one mind. Um, Here's uh here's a good example of Christ talking of when it says like oh how are how are we to think and love like Christ, so Matthew chapter eleven verse twenty eight it says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he takes the burdens. God takes the burdens. God, we will find ultimate rest and ultimate peace in Christ. And we, I have noticed that, I've said this in a few past episodes, but those times where I am closest to Christ are the times where I feel the most at peace. And that's not a coincidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Like there's nothing like having a personal relationship with God. Even when we were talking with Pastor on Tuesday, like late in the evening, we started ha- this conversation. I think we probably went to like 10 o'clock mm-hmm. just talking about uh, relationship with God and how like vitally important that that is and like how that's like the most important thing is having a relationship with him, like above all, like uh, responsibility and all those things. Like that's the top thing. That's what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. And how marriage isn't about happiness or responsibility it's about having god in the center Mm -hmm. yeah no definitely and i do like we said about Mm -hmm. it specifically that we have that relationship with god and that's where there are other world religions that don't actually believe in that Mm -hmm. um the term is deism which is basically the belief that there is a a supreme being, an ultimate creator, the creator of the universe, but he doesn't actually intervene in human affairs. He doesn't intervene in the universe in any way. There's no miracles or anything like that. He's just some uh, like supernatural Audience? creator of the universe, <laughs> but you don't actually have a relationship. You mm-hmm. don't have that connection. Yeah. It's like, he's just there watching you like you're a movie. Right. Where if Basically. you believe in, it's impossible to believe that and believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins, right? Because he came down here clearly showing that he cares for the human race and mm. he, came, he built that relationship as yeah. a person. So it's hard, impossible to uh, believe both. So yeah, that's where it says in John uh, chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And then I believe it follows in verse seven where it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So maybe somebody stop freaking swinging your hands as we're recording. <laughs> so that's where you see that God sent his son on earth, a form of himself to, to sacrifice, but he sacrificed his own son to show that love to mm-hmm. Christ. And mm-hmm. and that's where it shows, right? Like God had tested Abraham and uh, he was willing, he was seeing if he was willing to give up his son in order to follow him. And he was willing to, and obviously God didn't end up sacrificing him, mm-hmm. but that is the ultimate showing of dedication to God is that you are willing to give up things you love in order to pursue what God is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just think it's awesome. Yeah. And living as one of God's children is the greatest calling you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Hmm. This is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. This is where I had to think about this for quite a while, what this was saying when it said that he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Does your guys also say that in your translations? No. Did not consider equality Yes, yeah, it says God. to equality. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality of God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. When Jesus was on earth as a human form, he didn't consider himself equal to being in heaven, I guess, with God. It mm-hmm. was, a, was a huge difference because instead of being up there and doing all the awesome God stuff that's there, <laughs> he was down here on earth like using the powers that he did have on earth. But I think there was a difference. Like he couldn't just, I don't know. I think this section is making a tie into the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, because, so, I mean, why was Jesus killed? Well, he was claiming to be the son of God. He was claiming to be the king of the Jews, the Messiah. And then, of course, the I am statement, which is what the Jews saw as blasphemous. Um, so he clearly saw himself as equal to God. Now, when we say equal to God, well, what does that mean? Like, what does the equality part mean? I think a good explanation, I don't remember where I heard it, is that Jesus is equal in equal in uh how to explain it equal in value to god mm-hmm. but not equal in role so sure. god's god's role jesus's role and the holy spirit's roles are different but they're equal in value which is kind of one of the fundamental parts of the trinity who being in very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be used to his own advantage so he wait so it is saying that he did. He was equal to God, but he didn't use it for his own advantage. Okay, that's what it's saying. Okay. okay. So ju- I, what I wrote down was, in the same way, like, just because we're God's children, we shouldn't use that to our advantage either. Like, we shouldn't just be like, oh yeah, God's taking care of me. I'm higher up than all these sinners, these non-believers. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be focused on them, the way that God. Jesus was focused on us instead of thinking about himself when he was on earth. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure actually. Because I think it's again I think what you said what what you said what we shouldn't do is correct, but I'm not sure if that's what they're trying to get at or if he's just saying that God was if he's just giving praise to God by saying he's being very, very humble. Mm-hmm. How crazy it must have been for him to make himself into a human form. Mm-hmm. Like allowing himself to be vulnerable and mocked uh, by other people. Like imagine you're God and you turn yourself into something deliberately that's in- incredibly limited in power and willingly allowing people to address you like something way less than you are. Yeah. So that shows ultimate humility. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make a connection to us in that because of how verse five, at, when it says, same mind says Christ, it has those, what's that called? Little dots where it's like, what's following is what I'm talking Connect about. Connect the dots? Like the two dots. Oh, colon. Yeah. So it's like, it's, he's showing us what that mindset was. So Jesus' mindset was to not 
have himself advancing, but to advance others mm. to Jesus, to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I just saw lightning strike. It was pretty cool. Woohoo! So with seven, it says he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So if we're thinking about that as, ha- as how we should have the same mindset in that sense, then we too need to be as servants to other people that are around he us. He completely emptied himself. Mm-hmm. That's another way to say it too. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine And it's that. just <laughs> an, an amazing demonstration of uh, humility. So, yes. and like, um, I don't know. Yeah, like I guess he said servant. So servitude, right? Like serving mankind because he loves them so much. So he humbled himself and he served them and he worked really hard and felt pain and effort and um, accepted the responsibilities of a normal human being uh, in, with relationships and with work and sweat and all that stuff just because he cared so much. And that is a perfect connection into verse eight Mm -hmm. where it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty big, right? I mean, we'll probably get into gospels and another time. So I won't say too much of that, but specifically the death on the cross at the time Romans had conducted the most painful way to kill a human being. They, they describe the pain on the cross as excruciating, where that comes from, I believe it's Latin, excruce, which means off the cross. There was a word that was invented just for the amount of pain that crucifixion caused people. Mm. That was the form of death that God chose. He's like, mm. yes, you know that most painful form of death that Romans have right now? That's the one I want my son to have to go through. Right. Like, he's like, uh, you could have just, you know, well, they didn't have guns back that i was gonna say put around in his head and just hmm. get it over no i want him to be tortured i want him to be bludgeoned and whipped and pieces of his skin torn out then i want him to be carrying that cross all the way up the hill to slowly die of probably asphyxiation that's what i want like that's how much he humbled himself mm-hmm. to the point of death even the death of a cross yeah i, I, I like how they emphasize that the thing that really stood out to me in that verse is the wording of becoming obedient to death. So it's like he, instead of obeying the laws of like, yeah, I'm God. I live forever. I don't need to die. It's not, I don't have, like he could have chosen not to do it, but he chose to die. He, he chose was, to follow God's plan for mm-hmm. him. And he was obedient to like the laws of living as a human even is that mm. you have to die in that body. So I think he was, he did what he was supposed to do. What yeah. the Trinity like decided together. I think. Yeah. And obviously he had that moment of uh, prayer in the garden and like, he's like, really, this is the way I'm going to go. And he followed God's commands. He followed God's plan for him. And he died as a quote unquote criminal for a crime he didn't commit. Mm -hmm. Like they're saying, oh, you're lying. Even though he was the son of God, he was killed for blasphemy in the eyes of the people at the time. And he remained humble and said, I am doing this. And of course, some of his last words were, Lord, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Yeah. And like with full knowledge, that would be pretty tough. <laughs> You're God and you you could make a very justifiable argument that like he could have said, you guys need to be bowing down to me. But instead, he's like, this is what I came here for, to be 
blamed for a crime I didn't commit and to be killed for it. Mm-hmm. The ultimate sacrifice. And he knew yeah. what the outcome was going to be from that, though. He knew that glory was coming, that he was going to rise mm-hmm. again in three days. So it was not a hopeless sacrifice. It was a sacrifice filled with hope for the mm-hmm. people that he loved, all the people of the world. Amen to that. So moving on to verse 9, and we'll read to 11, and then I think we'll uh, call it a day. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Yes. Wow. It's like... There's so much power just in Jesus' name. Like, just saying that name makes this, like, the devil flee, like, proclaiming that he is the Messiah. That he is Lord. He is the... How do you describe Lord? Because <laughs> that's kind of, that's the name they give him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's basically, like, ultimate authority. Like, you are the sovereign ruler. Right. Yes. Is the title that they're giving him. And, of course... The Jews were hoping for more of a, a king or a ruler uh, politically as opposed to how Jesus came in, in his form. But if you read the full Old Testament and you, and you see what it was prophesying, it wasn't prophesying that. It was prophesying a Messiah in the form of someone who would save us from our own souls, save us from the consequences of our actions by giving us hope that we'd be able to join him in the kingdom, in paradise. Mm-hmm. That's why Christ came to save us of our sins, even though we deserve the punishment of our sins, God said there is a way out through my son. Yes. And up from the grave he rose. With a mighty joint for foes. Yes. That's what I thought of. That's but what I wrote down for I, nine. I, I, have <laughs> to, I have to know what you guys think, unless you want to talk about nine or ten first, about the ending of this, what, what this fully means. That well, every tongue, should, every knee shall bow. Yeah, I think... Like every mm. knee shall bow, every tongue confess. I think those are things that haven't come to pass yet. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think, though, that when Christ comes back, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? And I believe this is not the only spot in the Bible where it says that this is going to happen. Yeah. Well, what is I that? can't picture that, that well, every human, like when Christ comes back to, to, to save us all, that everyone is going to be on their knees saying, well, truly you were the son of God. Well, and one thing... Well, we don't know if that's what that exactly... We don't know if that's what that means, right? I thought it was interesting how it said those under the earth even would do that. Like, does that mean that in hell they also... Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Bow, like when that happens? Like, how, how does that work? I think he was referring to the underworld of some kind. So, like, everyone, even in hell, so, like, every creature. But, like, again, we don't know what that means. So you think that it's saying every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord is not actually true? Well, it, it depends on what you mean when you say that. I guess I shouldn't assume that I know what you mean when you say that. Uh, you think everyone's going to say those exact words. I don't think. Uh, well, those exact words that Jesus Christ is Lord, I mean, they're going to say something to like that but i do believe that if it says that every knee will shall bow and every tongue confess that jesus is lord i think that is true i think that's literal yeah mm-hmm. okay well wouldn't they realize that jesus is lord when they go to hell though yes yeah i mean they're they're right they're gonna face judgment from god mm-hmm. and he's either, he's either gonna say well done I my do. good and faithful servant okay or he's gonna deny them and he's gonna say i never knew you i do believe that that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen i just 
I assume that I knew what uh, you were thinking when you said that. I don't. I don't know if it's in the way that you think. I think that everyone in their own way is going to admit that he's God. But I don't think everyone's going to, like, speak those exact words and fall on their knees and all that stuff. I think it's yeah. it's probably going to well, be. They'll acknowledge it. They'll acknowledge everyone in their own way is probably is is going to acknowledge that he's. He's Christ in their mind. Like but, it all be the same. They'll all be saying the same thing, but it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to, it's like mm-hmm. everyone's going to be some like overtaken by some spirit and then all fall to their knees and in synchronicity. Is that what you thought that I thought? Yeah, that's what I thought <laughs> well, you here, thought. In yeah. verse 10. Quote, start ranting and chanting the same words and mm-hmm. everyone else. Well, not. in verse 10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. That's what so, I used to think when I was a kid. Sorry, go ahead. Emma. I don't think it's all at once. I think people bow at a, at their own time. I don't think it's all together because it says that at the name of Jesus, they would bow. It doesn't say they're all doing it at the same time. So I don't know. Like when people find out that God is real, do they bow? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So we'll have to find out. I mean, this is kind of the part of the podcast that we do enjoy is that, Hey, we're all young here. We're not scholars. We're not biblical theologists. We haven't studied this for decades. We're all young here. And, I'm sure later on in our life, we'll maybe understand this more. If not, that's why we always love if you guys send us feedback and, and hear, what, hear what you guys have to say about verse 11 here. We, I'd be very interested in hearing. Not entirely. I just, I just really love the ultimate, the, the theme of Philippians 2 here, uh, the beginning of it anyways, is just really great. The, the idea of being unified by Christ's example that he set for us and learning how to be humble and how to reflect christ's humility throughout our lives because he was the most selfless humble human who ever walked the earth Mm -hmm. so i do believe that this is this is great stuff and i can't wait to read this again and see how much more i can grab out of it okay so that's all for today i'd like to end in prayer sounds good i guess i'll uh i'll end it in prayer since i haven't done it in a while oh yeah nice volunteering to pray yeah also, it is currently pouring rain in Winnipeg. I just saw lightning strike again. I love thunderstorms. I do too. I don't understand people who don't. I think they're beautiful. Dear God, thank you for giving us your word today. Thank you for sending your son to show us the ultimate example of love and of the humility that he showed by going showing the ultimate form of love by to the point of death by going to the cross, not because that benefited him in any way, but it gave us an opportunity to, to be with you in paradise. So God, I thank you for that. And I thank you. Thank you for what we've been able to, to take from Philippians here. God, I hope that everyone listening also is able to take something from this as well. I pray that everyone listening has a great rest of their week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And will take us off. Well, that's all we got time for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers, uh, Brandon and Darlene. We have a website, disciplesquest.net. We, there, we will find like an aggregate of our content. Our podcasts are on there. Our blogs are on there. Emily writes out uh, our blog and releases them every Wednesday. Every Monday, our newsletter goes out to our Patreon subscribers. Um, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
Just search Disciples Quest and that's where you'll be able to find us. That's all. Uh, thank you so much once again and have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Bye. See ya.